Hey everyone, it's Health and Soul Cafe podcast. My name is Akaya Kilani, and I'm going to be your host today. Uh, this is going to be the second episode, and today we're going to be talking about mental health times healthcare. So today I have two guests. Um, you can go ahead and introduce yourselves. Hello, I'm Jave. I am a registered nurse. Um, I am in the field of ICU intensive care unit. I take care of some of the sickest people that you can take care of. Okay. Hello, I'm Dr. Freeman Jones, and I am a nurse as well. Um, also a doctor of nursing practice, um, which for most people to understand, a nurse practitioner, and I take care of a variety of patients. Um, I do, I do both roles, dual roles. I still practice as a registered nurse, conscious sedation um, under image guidance. So I am a sedation nurse as well as I am a cardiology nurse practitioner. Okay. Yep. So you guys are pretty, pretty, you know, stuck in your career pretty much. You've been doing it a long time. Um, So I would say what motivated me to do this topic was, um, of course, mental health has become such a popular thing within the past few years, especially after COVID. However, I think more people are paying more attention to their mental health versus a couple years ago. Um, This episode also, I would say I called it uh, Mental Health Times Nursing. So I just kind of want to give a brief background story on why um, I chose for you guys to come in as nurses and doctors. Um, I know you started as a nurse and then Mm -hmm. you kind of, you know, elevated into a doctor. Um, Initially, um, I know in the first episode, I talk about um, growing up in my childhood and also just kind of talking about um, graduating high school and what I did after high school. Of course, we all, you know, some people, they don't go to school or they, you know, kind of branch off to just working. I did start off um, as a nursing student. Um, and from there, that was always supposed to be my plan B, though. Being a nurse um, was my plan B because I knew that music would Everybody doesn't make it in the entertainment world as far as being a basketball player or actor or whatever. Um, So nursing was always my um, go-to, and that's what I actually pursued in school. As well, I would say I've been knowing uh, Dr. Deanna all of my life, so I kind of looked at her like, oh, okay, I like that, and she seems pretty cool. You know, know, her career seems pretty nice. She's always pretty much well taken care of, so she was kind of a, a role model to me as, you know, wanting to be a nurse and I kind of had another uh, family member that was a nurse as well that kind of motivated me. Like, oh, it's, it's not that easy, but it's not that hard. And I also have support, you know, if I need right. support, like, or books or anything I need to know, I know I can always call them. Um, so I did, um, I started off um, in a junior college, um, just doing the regular prereqs. And I did make it uh, very far. Um, however, I stopped. Because I kept, you know, listening to other people and their stories like, oh, you just go ahead, do the LPN and then do the LPN to RN. And I'm like, OK, yeah, that does seem like a better, faster route because you need money while you're in school. Because right. I definitely was was poor when I was in college. So like a lot of people are. But um, I kind of I think I, I got into nursing school in 2018. I was in the actual program um, in Monroe. Uh, it was LPN program in Monroe. I got in the program. Um, I was one of probably three black students. So that was already 
hard. You know, you know, we have to work twice as hard right. mm-hmm. um, being black. So mm-hmm. that was that was kind of depressing. You know, I always had to do things over, mm-hmm. like from the very first um, exam I had um, on hand, like on hand exam. Um, I can't think of what you call it right now. With doing blood pressures and stuff, mm-hmm. I always had to do something over. I'm like, wow, I always got to do something over. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the teachers was pretty, you know, she was pretty cool, straightforward. Um, like I said, being in the program for about five, six months, and then I just kind of like, it's like, forget this. I don't want to do it no more. I'm sick mm-hmm. of it always, even though I was still, you know, passing right. and going along and driving an hour on the freeway to get there, getting up three, four in the morning. At that time, my son was like, three or four well he's probably about four or five and his dad was kind of in and out so it's like I didn't have the support I thought that I was going to have going mm-hmm. into nursing school so I stopped my job at HAP insurance company just to, to do school full-time in the program because you really can't work in the nursing program most mm-hmm. of the time it's you hard. have to give your mm-hmm. your full undivided attention to that so that with having a kid so it's like I'm playing a single parent role I'm getting up at three, four in the morning to make it to these clinicals, dropping my kid off, waking him up, breaking his sleep at three, four in the morning to drop him off to my uh, stepdad and mom. Um, It was just, it wasn't as, it wasn't a piece of cake. So eventually it was like, you know what? Forget this. I was getting into it with my child's father. And then of course, being at school, having all this work to do, it was just, it was a lot. So eventually I kind of, I think it was May. I started in January and around May, the middle of May, I'm like, you know, what? I'm not doing this no more. The teachers, they kept calling. They're like, what, what are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. it's almost the end of this point. You only got like, I think it was probably four or five more months mm-hmm. and you would have been good. And you just kind of like, no, I'm not going. But once I missed that first day and I said I wasn't going back, I thought about it. Like, damn, I really didn't go to school. <laughs> like, I really just did all this for no reason. Like, all of everything that I worked so hard to do. Now it's like. You're really just not gonna go because you can't miss no days for real. So I yeah. think it was, I think it was like, I think it was maybe two days or three days you could miss, or mm-hmm. probably really none. I can't really exactly oh, no, remember. It's a strict it's very strict. Yeah. 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 So I don't recall being able to miss for real. So after I missed like that day, I'm like, oh, it's, it's over. I can't go back. It's nothing that I can say. Mm-hmm. So that's when my mental health kind of took a turn. So it's like I dropped out of school. You know, the well, the program. And it's like, okay, you were in that program and this was going to take you to another level. What are you doing? So that whole summer and I wasn't working. Um, I wasn't working. It's like, well, what do you do now? If you're not going to do nursing and you've done this for so long, what are, what are you going to do? You know, so it kind of took me into a depressed mode. You know, I was doing a lot of gambling and stuff like that and eventually fell into depression because it's like everybody wants to to get to a point in their life where they feel like, okay, I'm in, I'm set in my career. I don't need to do nothing else, blah, blah, blah. Even though you want to kind of elevate always, um, even with promotions and, and regular jobs, it was just like, all right, I'm getting older. Now, if I'm not going to do this, and I kind of missed my, you know, my point, you know, that I was trying to make, it was like, okay, well, um, now what do I do? So I applied for U of M, and I was going to try to do like um, – health management, something in that area um, to try to kind of stay in the same field and kind of still be able to use the the courses that I had already without wasting so much money. But that kind of dropping out of nursing school 
and not knowing what to do afterwards kind of led to me mm. being depressed for the rest of that summer. And then after that, it was just kind of like, it just declined, declined, declined. All right. Oh, you really, you, you dropped out. You really quit. You know, mm-hmm. it kind of really like bothered me a lot. And I didn't really have like the support system because I I, I keep a lot of stuff to myself. Um, I'm a very somewhat private person sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I hold a lot of stuff in. I think I've always been that way, even as a kid, like I held a lot of stuff in. And then when I finally felt like I wanted to say something, it was like, Oh damn, she crazy. She's like, damn, <laughs> you do all this and then you just pop. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, yeah, yeah, she can act a little crazy when she feel like it. You know what I'm saying? But it was just always um a, a point where I just felt like, okay, I think I should keep this to myself. I don't always want help. I've always kind of depended on my grandmother for a lot of stuff. And it's like, all right, I'm not, I don't need nothing, I don't need no help. So I just kind of kept to myself. I don't even think I even told anybody that I dropped out of school when I did because I probably was embarrassed. Mm-hmm. But the whole point is leaving the program and not knowing what to do after that kind of put me in a very downward mode. And that goes back to people getting on social media. You know, I'm getting on social media this summer. People are getting engaged. People, I'm like, well, damn, like people are, you know, they're starting businesses. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, what is it that I'm doing wrong or what did I, did I do wrong? You know, so it's kind of start affecting my mental health a lot, you know, being depressed. You know, I dropped out of school. Then you get on the internet. You see everybody doing all these great things. And it's like, whoa, okay. That's when it just kind of stopped eating. I stopped doing a lot of stuff. So it's like, okay, well, I don't know what to do now. But eventually my child's father, who of course I was still dealing with at that time, um, he didn't really see the signs of me really like, okay, damn, she ain't eating and she ain't cussing me out either. He just kind of didn't notice. He didn't pay mm-hmm. attention. Like, hmm, something's not really right with her. And that's why it's important to pay attention to the people around you because yeah. you never know what they mm-hmm. may be going through. And I think he was just kind of stuck in his own little world as well. And it's like, no, no, she ain't acting too, you know, normal. You know, like I even had put him in a situation where, uh, I think I might have like, oh, like, leave, get out. Mm-hmm. Usually like, oh, leave, get out, but oh, come back. But it was like, no, I didn't leave. do that. Right. I didn't do that. So he still didn't think like, mm, that is a little odd for her to do that. Mm-hmm. He didn't think of nothing, nothing of it. And then next, you know, I got into like this big accident and it just, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. So after that, I just kind of started taking things a little more serious. Like you need to be careful of the company you keep. And you kind of need to be careful of uh, the the things you you think because sometimes your thoughts can yeah, become mm-hmm. very overwhelming and over consuming mm-hmm. because mental health is mental. Yeah. Every, it's, everything is in your mind, so mm-hmm. everything you see, everything you feed your brain on the internet, even food sometimes like it can affect how yeah, you feel. Mm-hmm. Like some foods might make you sleepy, some foods might make you happy. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why you know I asked you ladies to come in because that was kind of my backstory mm-hmm. on nursing and now going into more mental health and entrepreneurship with mental health related, you know, things mm-hmm. I kind of, of course I cannot move forward without, you know, telling that side of the story mm-hmm. as far as, you know, mental health mm-hmm. comes into play. And I'll probably speak more about that next episode, but as far as nursing, that is kind of my story and why I called this mental health times healthcare and mental health times nursing. So, um, I just want to know, like, what is some of the things that you may have went through when 
you were in nursing school when you started, if you can remember? I had a really challenging time in nursing school. So I graduated from HBCU, uh, Kentucky State University. Um, At the time that I was in their program, they were like the top nursing program in the state of Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Like everybody wanted to go to Mm K-State. And so, again, like you said earlier, you know, although I was at an HBCU, there were a lot of white people that were in that program. Not too many Blacks. So I think I was maybe like one of four or five at the most when I was in the program. And I actually went through the program twice. I went through the program twice because until this day, I still believe that woman was taking my Scantrons and scanning it through the wrong test version. I couldn't pass her test for nothing. And I would study so hard. And I'm just like, how am I not passing her test? Like, this is not making sense. Like, what is going on? So that whole thing, I went through the program. I had to go through twice. The second time I went through, I was pregnant. And then my father got sick and died while I was still in school. Um, I remember, like, I would go back to Kentucky, take an exam, and, like, turn around and go back home just to be with my dad. And my instructors found out about it, and they're like, oh, my gosh, like, no. Like, my the, the instructors that I had, oh, my gosh, those were, like, my fairy godmothers. Those two women, my psych um, instructor and my med surge instructor, Miss uh, Miss Broadus and Miss McCoy, those two women saved me mm-hmm. in that Shout program. Like, oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. I was so thankful for them. So I was able, which would have never been able to happen if I didn't have them, I was able to stay with my dad until everything was done and over. And when I got back, they like allowed me to take my exams and stuff that I missed. And I am just so thankful for them because that was very hard very, to deal very. with, especially being pregnant. So mm-hmm. um, that was another challenging issue I had in school. And then we had this new dean. I don't know why that woman didn't like me. (laughs) She did not like me. I couldn't tell y'all to this day. But I remember sitting in her office and she told me like, you have you ever thought about being an LPN or something? I'm like, is she serious? (laughs) Like, are you talking to me like that? And so long story short, you know, we had that whole conversation because she said some stuff to me. I just don't even want to repeat. But, um, when I graduated and I became an ICU nurse, I found that woman on Facebook and I went in on her in her uh, inbox and told her about herself <laughs> and let her know had to get it off. that <laughs> I became the RN that she told me that I wouldn't be basically. basically. Be. So that's what's up. She know who she is. <laughs> Anywho, but no, uh, real talk. Nursing school, like mentally going through what I went through, it was very draining. Like I was so stressed out, but I didn't have a plan B. So. I had to get through the program. So if that meant going through the program twice, I went through it twice. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I finished. And I'm telling you, like, being an RN is the best thing, the best decision I could have made. I'm just so proud of myself for, like, not giving up and not allowing those people to deter me from being what I know I was meant to be. So Correct. Yeah. Definitely dealing with with grief and having pregnancy hormones and stuff. I know that was very trying. Um, during nursing school, so of course, of course, that all relates to mental health. Yes, because <laughs> you could have, you could have broke, but you didn't. I could have. I had to keep strong. myself together because I'm like, I know if I let this get the best of me, I'm gonna fall into this depression and it ain't gonna look good for me. So I just had to keep going. Like, 
Oh my God, I just want to give you a hug. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that is so, that's such a good story. Like, I'm so glad, like, it's such a small world, but I, I definitely, the older I get, I start to believe in, like, you don't meet people for no reason. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. when he said, because um, I had already, you know, met you in right, the past right. through uh, the Wrangler mm-hmm. Girls when I had did the music video, but when uh, Brandon Luke, the therapist, mm-hmm. who I was, I had an aunt that referred me to him. Mm-hmm. She knows him. I guess she was in a choir or something with him. Okay. He's like, um, yeah, I'm not a nurse, but I have a friend named Jabay. So me, I'm like, okay, well, I don't know her, but, I, <laughs> but he gave me your whole name. Mm-hmm. So I looked you up on Facebook and I'm like, I know her already. <laughs> and it's like, maybe it was already right. supposed to be networking. Exactly. Everything exactly. is just meant to be. So everything like, falls into yes. place. Yep. And then with your story, with everything, you know, with the topic, it's like, wow, that that's that's crazy. Yeah. I honestly, I'd be in situations like, oh, I don't want to do it today or oh, I'm going mm-hmm. to give up. Oh, I don't want to, you know, do this podcast today. I want to push it to right, next week. Right. But I'm like, no, let me get it over with. Let me continue to try to jump off the porch. Um, I'm so glad that you made it through. Um, that is a very good background story. Of course, you probably tell your daughter, grandkids, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So mm-hmm. how about you? Okay, so nursing school, um, it's ironic that you say that when I first, um, when I started school, I had no clue. When we were in our time, they just wanted you to graduate from high school and get a job. I think get a job at the plant or mm-hmm. at the post office. So I wanted to go to college. Um, we, you know, we really, like I said, we didn't have any um, guidance on that. You just needed a career to take care of yourself. So anyhow, um, I decided to become a nurse. And I'll never forget one of the nursing students who I met, she said, don't let them talk you into being an LPN. She said, it's something about, they always want the black girls mm-hmm. to be an LPN. And had I not talked to her, Amy, her name was Amy, I would have never known the difference. Because I hadn't did any research. I just knew, because um, my mother was on um, state assistance, which was at a time, you know, at a time was embarrassing as a childhood. I knew I had to be something because right. I had had a child. So that was my goal to be something. So I had met these young ladies when I was at OCC and they were going to nursing. I'm like, oh, how long does it take for that program? And it's like, oh, it takes 18 months. So, okay, I'm going to do that. So I had no, um, I didn't, I had never like said I wanted to be a nurse when I um, grew up, mm-hmm. but once I got into the field, and I found it was very rewarding. But it is, as everyone knows, or you know as well, it is very stressful. Very. So I did have a child at that time. But during my program, my son's father, um, I became a single parent in the um, midst of the program. And I, I did have family support that I was able to, the grandma moms jumped in. And was able to help me, and I don't think if I if I hadn't had them, I don't think I could have made it. But I also had some deterrence along the way, where I had this one older white instructor, um, and cultural sensitivity wasn't around mm. them. So people pretty much can say what they want to you. Because I, I I graduated from my first nursing program in '98, and I never forget how um, she would talk to me about how I spoke. So she, when I would say the word S, she said, you put a hard emphasis on S. Did your parents graduate from high school? <laughs> what? <laughs> and you know, it's a lump in your throat because <laughs> at that time, you know, we were always being raised with my grandparents. Sometimes you were kind of right. They taught you that your boss or whoever, a leader is a superior and it pretty much, we were taught back then, you kind of respect what they're saying, even though right. it was wrong. Mm-hmm. So I have this lump in my throat, and I felt at that time less than. 
And um, I just couldn't believe she said that to me. She didn't offer to help me. She just, you know, kind of ripped. Mm-hmm. So it, it was, it, it really hurt my feelings and it made me work harder because I was like, I'm going to show her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even though um, she kind of, you know, kind of tore me down because what difference does the way I speak, right. how does my parents, so you, to me, you were stereotyping mm-hmm, me mm-hmm. based on that, which to me had no grounds to be discussed at all in the nursing ramp. So I do think sometimes um, as African-American students in these programs, we have to reach out to our resources because it's not enough resources. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fortunate enough to have um so when I went to um, when I went back to Wayne State um, for my BSc and a DMP um, degree, I struggled. So because reading wasn't my, um, I didn't read a lot. So I, you know, you said if you don't read a lot, you're not as great as a writer. So I so the um, higher degree programs, you have to write a lot. So I struggled. Yeah. I struggled with writing, and it was one of my instructors, um, Dr. McCoy, who stayed by my side to help me with my final presentation because I struggled and struggle through um, Wayne State. And when you compare yourself to some of these other, your counterparts, that can also make you kind of go into depressed state. So I can say, um, I was, I, I, I had some areas where it was really, really close. It was, it was psychologically hard. Because mm-hmm. when you hear people say, oh, I, I, um, I published a journal and you're like, I can't even get a paragraph. And, you know, that was the thing. Really, I had to learn to stop comparing myself, but I also had to learn to seek help. And what people need to understand, all these schools have assistance. You may not know about it, where you can have someone tutor you and help you. And and it was a few people who gave, who pointed me in the right direction and like I said, how you had a good instructor. Mm-hmm. I had a good instructor who stayed by my side, yep. just told me, put all my information mm-hmm. on the paper and she would help me organize my thoughts. And without her, I don't think I would have made, made it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. like you always get that, that one instructor. Mm-hmm. I was blessed to have two, mm-hmm. but you get that one person that just helps you like, yeah, just guide like you an through. Angel. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like you need those type of people because nursing school is not easy. Yeah. It is not easy. Yeah, it was. We did have two instructors, and one she was a little more nicer than mm-hmm, the other, mm-hmm. a little more softer. So, um, I would say, do you feel like if you went through the program again, you would be, you know, a little bit better? <laughs> <laughs> That's something I wouldn't want to relive. <laughs> no, um, I think. I mean, hindsight, because I yes, I think I would be better because I already have the experience right. in nursing. But going like entry level, um, no, because as you say, when you go in this, these programs, it's only one or two of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you already feel outnumbered and you don't yep. really know where you fit in. And I think it also depends on if you came from a family where you didn't have those mentoring. So you also have to realize some of the some of the of uh, the other students, they may have had moms that was a mm-hmm. nurse mm-hmm. or, you know, family members that were already in the medical field. So it's, they were kind of already a step ahead of you. So, and like you said, nursing school does not adjust for your life. No, it, it is a strenuous program. You have to be near death to be absolutely. <laughs> <Literally. laughs> <Literally. laughs> um, no, I wouldn't go, um, go through it again, but it taught me something too. Mm-hmm. What did happen? to be determined mm-hmm. and what 
being determined and working through your plan, what the great ending could be. Um, I think if it's not a stringent program, how do you know that you get the greatest? Because you do, if you have someone caring for you, if they can't complete a program, how can they follow directive of caring for you? Right. In your life. So Mm -hmm. in hindsight, I understand why they're so stringent because they want you to be serious Mm -hmm. because you are taking care of people and you have to be able to follow rules. And I think that's um, sometimes where we kind of get sidetracked. We want their rule to adjust for us, but it's already written in the handbook, Mm -hmm. but we always base things on our interpretation. But if you don't have no order, you have what? Chaos. So... I mean, like I said, it's hard, but I understand why. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Now, with you saying that, and of course, with everything that you guys have been through, mm-hmm. you guys know, like during, I want to say, COVID in 2019, they made the programs easier to get in at, for did. a certain that point. A, mm-hmm. For a certain point. It's like, mm-hmm. well, dang, y'all going to let anybody be a nurse? Y'all mm-hmm. saying, skip this part now? Y'all saying, it's okay, no test, no this, no that? It was... It's like, okay, y'all desperate. Mm -hmm. I understood why, but it did seem like they became a little bit desperate. They did. They actually changed the NCLEX, which I was kind of mad about that Mm -hmm. because sis took 265 questions (laughs) on the test. Well, no, 275, was it Mm -hmm. at the time? It it, it wasn't a 200, but you never... Yeah, I see. It just cuts off (laughs) on you, so you don't know how many questions you're going to get. I took every question. Yeah. And those questions, I heard that they made the questions a little easier for them, and it's just like, no. They cut a lot of stuff out during Mm. 2020. I think it's back to normal now. But no, I think, at that I think time, um, they, the questions are. I think they only had to take like hundred and sixty something mm. questions. They really cut the question questions down. But I was a little concerned yeah. about that, like making it easier. Yep, mm-hmm. and it seemed like it was. They cut some prereqs. It's like, dang, y'all that desperate? Because I was even receiving emails, and I'm like, because I still receive emails, but I'm like, well, dang. It seems cool, but are y'all sure? It's very concerning. (laughs) The newer nurses that come in Mm -hmm. now, the new grads are, a lot of them are very cocky. They think they know everything. Mm -hmm. And me as a nurse, like, I still ask questions about it. If Mm -hmm. I have to second guess myself about something, I'm asking somebody about something. Yeah, for sure. Like, people's lives are in my hands. Mm -hmm. This is nothing to play with. I work too hard to obtain my license, and I'm not about to let a dumb decision cause me to lose my license. And mm-hmm. these nurses come in and they're like know-it-alls. Mm-hmm. It's just like, y'all are going to find out the hard way mm-hmm. about how you got to like take your time. Mm-hmm. And it, it takes time to learn these skills. This is not mm-hmm. an overnight thing. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's it's crazy now. Because you can make one little mistake and you can kill Man. somebody. Oh, definitely. Give somebody um, too much. Small mistake. Yes, it's, small it's, mistake. The, it's very serious. And and be prosecuted. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're I've seen that. I've seen that. They're holding nurses accountable for like everything. We're getting held accountable for the mistakes doctors are making, mm-hmm. pharmacy oh, wow. are making. Mm-hmm. Like wow. they're putting a lot on us right now. Yeah. So I know at Cast Tech, they have a program. For their 12th graders, where they already have taken so many classes, mm-hmm. and they're like basically already about to be already yep. graduating mm-hmm. high school. So times are definitely getting mm-hmm. better mm-hmm. With, with nursing and, and school, period. Because I'm like, that's really great. Like mm-hmm. by the time, probably 10 years mm-hmm. from now, people will be in middle school able to do the right. same thing. It's oh, yeah. like, okay, we well, need what about them. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 the, bridge, the bridge program, I think, um, I think we were, you know, the COVID. We were caught off guard, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and it was you. You had people who really who left the field because we. That's the first. Yes, that's mm-hmm. the first time we had no control. I think 
for me, we in the medical field, you know, we have these outbreaks and pandemics and they just go away. And we were literally caught off guard. So it was almost how the military did it. Mm. And I'm not saying it's the right thing to, but I don't know if it was any other options there because who was going to be there? Because you had your front line who was falling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was. Now, during COVID, um, like what was what was your mental health during COVID in the hospital or wherever you were? So I remember the first day I took care of my first COVID patient, I was terrified. And I want to say maybe like three, four days later, my entire ICU was full of COVID patients. And I remember walking around a unit one day, like we had our IV pumps outside of the room, just anything to decrease our exposure to the patients. So like the IV pumps were outside of the room. So if they went off, we can just walk up and like do whatever. But I remember walking around and just looking at the entire unit, all these people that are sick on ventilators. And I walked up to one of my coworkers. She was sitting in her little pie and I sat next to her and I grabbed her arm and I laid my head on her head and I just started crying because mm-hmm. I was just like, what is this? What's going mm-hmm. on? Yeah. Like, I'm trying to figure out what this is and why is this happening? That was a very scary draining time for me. Yes. My anxiety, I didn't even know my anxiety could get that way. I remember being exhausted, getting off work. I'm like, yep, I'm ready to go home, Mm -hmm. eat breakfast, shower, and go to sleep. I would lay down, and every time, my body will only allow me to sleep for three hours. Mm -hmm. So to add the anxiety on top of being tired, on top of the fear, on top of the seeing the death, the amount of death that I saw... Mm -hmm overwhelming yeah that, very that, overwhelming that was a very crazy time I know even before they knew what it was I think I might even myself I was going to work at the time I was in Toledo mm-hmm. um I'm like mm, my throat hurts but it wasn't bad mm-hmm. and when I went to the doctor they didn't know what it was right right so at the time I think that one had been like December 19 mm-hmm. or so in early January 2020 next thing you know and I think at that time I don't remember what they gave me but I made it through, but it was different. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a regular sore throat. Because right. mm-hmm. being that I have like a little bit of a, a background in healthcare, I'm mm-hmm. like, I know, well, if it had white spots, that means it's strep throat. Right, like, right. I know a little mm-hmm. bit, you know what I'm saying? So it was more so like, hmm, I don't know. This don't feel normal. Mm-hmm. But then again, to this day, I can't say it was COVID because I've made COVID it COVID was here. Honestly, COVID was here back around. I want to say it probably started back in October mm-hmm. of 2019. Mm-hmm. I remember patients coming in our ICUs. We tested them for flu. They coming back mm-hmm. flu negative, but just didn't know what it was. We're like, why are these people yeah. so sick like mm-hmm. this? Like, yeah. what is going on? Co- like, one of my coworkers was sick and he had a nasty pneumonia. I remember him like telling me he went to the doc to get a Z-pack, all this stuff. And like, everybody was getting sick, mm-hmm. but we just thought like it's like, just something didn't know going what it around. Was. Like, yeah. <laughs> and they were sick over, I mean, for a long period of time. Like Versus you say, like a regular cold. Mm-hmm. It was like lingering a little bit longer. So now, you know, mm-hmm. then you start hearing this stuff about COVID, but we didn't take it serious Still. because mm-hmm. our government wasn't taking right. it serious. So right. and they yeah. tell us stuff all the time. And then it's like, okay, yeah, whatever. Small right, pox, right, okay, right. monkey pox. Right. So, Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, because it was something else. Was it was it after COVID? It was he tried to come up with something. I think well before COVID, I think it was the Ebola, Ebola, mm-hmm. and then so we prepared. I think the thing was we prepared and we were able to conquer. Like 
pretty much every outbreak right. that I was able to live through, it went away. Right. Through, right. To, uh, you know, um, um, based on the CDC guidelines mm-hmm. and all those things. I think this one caught us off guard because I think as a medical field, we were kind of cocky. Yeah. I mean, because I'm like, oh, COVID, we can, yeah. we can, we can fix this. We can right, get through right, this. Right. We get through everything else. We, you know, we, we're, how come Madison can't fix it? And once I walked in and to see everything change, mm-hmm. it, it, it looked like a third world to see everyone mm-hmm. in and yes. scrubs like those, um, <laughs> surgical like scrubs. Yeah. yeah. Like a movie. Yes. No yes. one in the hallway, no family members, limited yeah. access yep. to the patients. And the, the sad part was it was heartbreaking that we, I didn't know if I could save you, but I didn't know if I was killing myself so, at the same mm-hmm. time. Man. That was the most scariest part or going to kill my family. That's yes. what I was going to ask next. Oh, I know you goodness. going home to your daughter after leaving work with this you know, deadly disease going around. You've mm-hmm. seen so many people, kids and elderly just dying. And it's like, okay, you're still risking your life. Yeah, you're, you're risking not just your life, but your family's Strange life. life well. I remember the first day I took care of my COVID patient. I um I picked my daughter up from my mom's and I made her go in the house and I had on a surgical scrubs. Mm-hmm. I stripped at my side door outside. Mm-hmm. I didn't care who saw me. I didn't care. Those mm-hmm. scrubs were not coming mm-hmm. in my house. Literally stripped down to my underwear and my bra and I will never forget the look on my daughter's face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know she was she was looking at me like, "What is you going on? Like, like, why are you doing that? Like, mom, you." <laughs> People can see you. Right. I didn't care. And like, I had a whole routine of changing when I left work, changing when I got home, mm-hmm. wiping my car down. Like, literally everything mm-hmm. I touched, I wiped it down, throwing my scrubs in a washing machine, whatever I had on, throwing it in a washing machine as soon as I got off and like hitting the shower mm-hmm. immediately. Till this day, mm-hmm. my daughter, when she walks in the house, she goes straight to the bathroom to wash her hands. Definitely. I mean, you like should. to yeah. this day, yeah. she was like on it, and I, I, I give her. That's my, that's my baby. She mm-hmm. went through this with me. With she was you. so scared for me. <laughs> I remember her. Um, I remember telling my mom, like once healthcare workers, like doctors and nurses, were dying mm-hmm. from it. I was telling my mom, like, you got to stop watching the news around her because now she's scared for me. I don't want her being worried about me. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. doing what I'm supposed to do to protect Mm -hmm. myself and I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. but no more news for her. Like, I don't want her, Mm -hmm. you know. Now, did you catch COVID? By the grace of God, I have not. Okay, so me and my husband were like the first team to go down with COVID. Um, Um, What was devastating for me was... um, when I had to take him to the emergency and just wow. literally drop him off and go. Mm-hmm. And then for him to talk to me on the phone and try to figure out a plan. And he had, he asked me, he said, do you think I'm going to die? And <gasps> oh, I, yeah. I think a lot of people were asking and yeah. preparing. It's like, oh yeah. my God. And I'm not a liar. So I just was quiet. And he, I never <laughs> really, he's like, damn, do you have to Like, damn, you just have to you just, I mean, can you reassure me? And I'm just like, because he had comorbidities. Mm-hmm. He had, you know, he has diabetes. I mean, you really couldn't at that time. His, he was tachycardic. His heart rate was like oh. in the 120s. His temp, they couldn't break. I said, all I can tell you is we, you, you, you just got to keep fighting. Mm-hmm. And just tell those nurses to pack you in ice 
and you get up out that bed and, and move around and mm-hmm. use that incentive spirometer. Mm-hmm. All I, that's all I can tell you. And I would talk to him all the time, but for, um, and I didn't know I had COVID. I didn't know mm-hmm. I had COVID till like October of the year. So I think maybe middle of March, he had gotten COVID. Okay. I did have a headache and my arms hurt, but you know, COVID mimics so many, so many things. Yes. Um, oh my goodness. And, and I just, you know, I kept going because I felt like you—you kind of torn as a healthcare provider. Mm-hmm. Once you take these oaths, you feel like you have to save the world. So, mm-hmm. so many of us went out there, and true enough, I wasn't as close to the bedside as you were, but I—I I felt your pain. Um, I felt the pain of going in with the patients, not having a contact I used to have, could barely touch yeah. them, standing six feet away. Um, we were literally, we melt in those suits. Yes, um, yes. And really not knowing what to do. I think that was the most uncomfortable. Yeah, a lot of people. Not knowing what to do. Yes. Not knowing our ventilators were really harming yeah. them. Um, the trial and error of, it's sad to say, to lose people, to learn how to care for the yep. rest of the population. I think that was the most depressing and stressful time not knowing what to do because I you pride yourself in the healthcare field. Yeah. We mm-hmm. we're like anal. It's no right. it's never a no for us. We're like how come we'll figure it yeah. out. We're, yeah. we're gonna get to the bottom right. of this. Right. And not being able to figure it out, yeah. I think was the hardest part and the scariest part to me of this field. It's like an unknown yeah. darkness. Right. That you because there was not, not even of. like any masks or anything at first. They were it trying was some of everything. Trying, yeah. How about it was not a, enough mask <laughs> at oh. first? <laughs> Let's start with let masks. me tell you something. Let me let me <laughs> get rich off a of mask. Hold on. Whoever, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and confess this right now. <laughs> I so like with the PPE that we had, mm-hmm. we were supposed to like reuse gowns. I didn't reuse not a single gown. I was mm-hmm. like, these people are crazy. If they think I'm about to keep mm-hmm. reusing these mm-hmm. gowns, I didn't reuse gowns. Um, I stocked up on some masks when I like heard a word about mm-hmm. stuff going on. Masks that I seen, I took them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I prepared myself because right, right, I'm right. like, to piggyback I, wonder off how, I wonder how serious this is right, really going to yeah. be. Let me, just, let me just grab a couple well, masks. Just piggyback <laughs> off that. If it wasn't the original... 3M. Yes, I wasn't mm. wearing it. <laughs> um, I said, um, AFB mask that mm-hmm. we usually, mm-hmm. I didn't trust them. Yep. And um, I was fortunate enough, I have a friend that was is an engineer, and I don't know how she got a hold to a few. So she had bought some, so I had got some from her. And then, you know, nurses talk to each yeah. other. So we we would pass around, and I did not wear the same. They want us to recycle these masks. Mm-hmm. I did not wear the same mask. Mm-hmm. I just could not. That's not how we were taught. And so... How do you rewear something you've been in the isolation room from room to room right. to room? It just didn't sit. It makes sense. It, 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 it didn't sit well with me. I mean, me. technically, I can see how you could, but then it's in like, it, nah, it not just how we were sense. taught. No. I got lucky. One of my coworkers, her husband, uh, he worked at some someplace where they wore the P100s, mm-hmm. and he like, they were getting ready to go on layoff. Mm-hmm. So he was like, I'm just going to grab a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. And I walked into work one day. And she was just handing them to whoever walked in. She was like, here, here. And I was lucky to get one. Mm-hmm. That P100, I, I honestly believe, is what kept me safe mm-hmm. throughout the rest of the like pandemic. Yeah. I still wear my P100s when I go in COVID rooms sometimes, still. Yeah. I know it's, it's, they say that the numbers are going back up or something they like are. that. 
Um, a lot of people, of course, ain't taking it too serious. Because um, the, the regular masks, I'm not sure how efficient they are with working. They work. So the thing with the masks, like, they'll do their job if both parties are wearing them. Like, mm-hmm. if you got one person not wearing a mask, then you increase your risk of still catching it. Mm-hmm. Even though they, I don't care. COVID is airborne. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. airborne. Mm-hmm. So technically, those masks are only do so much for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the distancing and wearing a proper mask. Exactly. I mean, you can have a mask on, but it's just a mask. So I I think the double masking Mm -hmm. helps. um, But like you said, it's airborne. So I think still, even if you are talking to a person with a mask who has COVID, if you have the wrong type of mask, you're still at the same. Maybe less risk risk because Mm -hmm. you have a barrier, but you're still at At a greater risk, I think, from contracting it. But I think it's we have a better plan in the medical field. Mm. I I see a lot of patients with COVID now, but I don't see a lot going to ICU mm-hmm. like they were going. Um, they're coming in, they're maintaining their oxygenation, um, they're starting the um, the antivirals ahead mm-hmm. of time. Right. I think they're adding steroids as well because yep. they saw, saw the steroids help. So it's not the population is not as sick, mm-hmm. even though I know what the news say about the numbers, but mm-hmm. I know you probably see it. You don't see as no. many. They only, they only have to not listening to the news. Yeah. They cannot it. believe everything the news, on the news. And let me say, the news ruined it for me when it comes to listening <laughs> to anything. Because the stuff that they were reporting on the news at the mm-hmm. time, Inaccurate. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's not even happening. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like. No. They over-exaggerate for a story they all do. the time. They do. I stopped watching the news a long time ago. Yeah. It's mentally draining. First of all, Definitely. it's negative mm-hmm. all the time. time. Mm-hmm. Who wants to get on there and see negativity all the time? Right. That goes back into pouring all that into your mind mm-hmm. by what you watch and what mm-hmm. you hear. So I don't watch the news, honestly. I let my grandma tell me. That's so. what I do. Let my mom. <laughs> I let you tell me if I need to know. Social media. I'm like, oh, okay. Social media. I'm like, okay. I didn't really want to see that. No, but yeah. Right, right. I don't want to go to that gas station anymore right. for a while, or I don't want to be over mm-hmm. there in that area. But as you know, I'm hooked on news because you know Miss Ella. <laughs> watch Every the morning. news at 6 a.m., yeah. noon, 5, and um, 8. But you're right. You have to be able... When you hear information, you have to do your own mm-hmm. investigation your own and mm-hmm. your own research. So I do understand how people can be turned off from yeah. it's very it's very, very negative. But I am I I, I love the news. <laughs> I, I can, I mean, it can be time. informative it, sometimes, it yeah. but at the same time it's like you know, yeah. I didn't want my son watching um, oh. the news during COVID. Yeah, yeah, it's devastating I don't really kids. like him watching it at all in general. He probably don't care for the news either. But like you said, they're going to mm-hmm. be scared, They too. were scared, mm-hmm. yeah. You know? And you think about the children going through their little mm-hmm. mental oh, yeah. health issues, being at home 24-7. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't even imagine as a kid going to school on a computer. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. These like, kids are behind. A lot of them are behind. Definitely. Yeah. Just from COVID. I feel like in the future, they ought to be given some type of stipend or something. Something. For like, these kids. They need to be compensated. Yes, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Because it definitely put a hole in their, their education. Yeah. And how about um, they social? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Know, to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Socialize. Yeah. That was a depression within, the, you know, yeah. impact oh, yeah. of their mis- mental health. Yep. And, you know, you have the students who miss graduations. Yeah. And uh, the sheer interaction, because you literally... We could not, you know, when it first happened, we only could stand in our yard like like it was the movie and you only could wave at each other. Literally, So no contact. Could you imagine what that did to people? Oh, yeah. Now, I will say now, Mm -hmm. I didn't mind it. (laughs) 
Oh, I was devastated from it. I'm a social I butterfly. I am not a social oh, butterfly. You know, I was in my house, none of my business. I, I, don't, I don't like people that the much either, honestly. Oh, clear when I got off work. I'm like, I like this. I, I'm not really a people person, so I didn't, it didn't really bother it me too much me either. It's like, oh, you get paid to stay at home? Right. Like, what? Oh, no. 2020, despite COVID, everybody had a good year somewhat money-wise. Yeah, money-wise. Even though you guys, you know, were struggling... They paid y'all money, like extra money and well, stuff. Well, we had to fight for it. Yeah, but, but I yeah. know a lot of people said they made a lot of money yeah. during COVID, like especially with traveling. Mm-hmm. Like I know they had an urgency mm-hmm. for like in New York or something. Mm-hmm. They was yeah. giving like lump sums of money mm-hmm. for nurses to come out there. Because at that time, I'm like, dang, I don't know. I should have, you know, I should have <laughs> finished. Because <laughs> yeah. that's some good money. I know somebody right now, they ended up getting them a house built from the ground just off mm-hmm. their money from, yeah, from COVID. Yeah. Uh, being a traveling nurse. So, I mean, it's definitely a, a good job to have. Yeah. However, that goes back to mental health with, yeah, you went through mental traumas in, in, in nursing school. Then now you have mental traumas while you're actually in, in the, the hospital. Yeah. Because my next topic would be to, you know, go ahead and conclude this. It's like mentally being around life and death situations all the time and you have to take that home with you mm-hmm. as well. You may be dealing with some type of grief mm-hmm. from you. Like you said, you know, when your father passed or mm-hmm. like when anyone's relative passed and you're in that field, it's like, are you numb now? Mm-hmm. Are you numb to, since you see so many people losing their lives all the time, like mentally, like. I think um, to for me, I'm not numb to it. I do understand it's a death and dying mm-hmm. process. But I think as a nurse, um, it still hit. It still impacts it me from time to time. Um, where we still have our moments, nurses cry. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. We go home with it, and you know we share with our family, and we we mourn too. Um, but I think it's just the understanding of getting. We're used to it happening. Not saying mm-hmm. that we don't care, but we understand the death and dying process. But I think it affects us more when it's someone close and near oh, yeah. dear yeah. to yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Um, but also we do know that um, we still have to take care of them and still be strong enough to take care because nurses are caring. We still want to take care yeah. of the entire family. Oh, yeah. You know why mm-hmm. we're mourning. Oh yeah, because um, I've been in the hospital before. I get it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, but it, it, it is. We, we feel the same pain as a person who's not a nurse, I just think sometimes we just have to tuck it away yeah. mm-hmm. because we know we still, we, we we care so much that we know we have to still care for others right. and still be strong for them. And oftentimes, really not taking care of ourselves or seeking the assistance that we, that we need. need. Yeah. yeah, because we're so busy caring for others and worried about their feelings where I think sometimes we don't consider ourselves, we, we run around like machines. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's my biggest thing coming forward that I have to realize that um, I have to take care of myself. And one more thing before we wrap up, I think we were raised to be so strong that we don't know when we need to seek care. It's it's a weakness for us. Mm -hmm. And it's embarrassing for us as a weakness, not knowing Mm -hmm. that a lot of times when we communicate and let someone else know, someone else may be going through the same thing and you guys can help, you know, that may be the person that can help help a person through it because we were just raised like, Oh, John John is crazy. We just keep him in the mm-hmm. back room. We also keep him fed and keep him mm-hmm. clothed. He's okay. Never knowing that, hey, we need to take him to see someone. And, um, you know, it's a bad, um, people put a bad mark on it or, um, you know, it's like a, it's like one of those scarlet letters. Like, 
you're deemed crazy because mm-hmm. you need to see someone, and that's not the case. I think mm-hmm. that's mostly in a black culture. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. It, it is. They made us yeah. to be so strong mm-hmm. that we are out of our minds because we can't get it out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because it's embarrassing. Who wants to be considered a weakling? Oh, yeah. And which, that's not, you know, you think how long you've been on this earth. If you got 30 or 50 years of things going oh, on, yeah, right, for you sure. need to have an outlet. For sure. You yeah. need to know me, that, yes. oh, this happens mm-hmm. to someone else. It's just not only happening to me because I just think I made this bad decision and I need to um, persecute myself. Because, you know, the worst thing is when we're persecuting ourselves mm-hmm. for something we did and we don't know that, you know what? It is a tomorrow. Mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. it is someone else who's like me. Yep. It is somebody who can rebound. It is okay to share my feelings because, you know, we were don't talk don't to me. Right, right, don't tell right. anybody yeah. your business. But that's truly not the case. Yeah. You shouldn't keep it in. Yeah. yeah. Eventually, it's going to affect your mental health. Like yeah. I said, it, I think it affected me, you know, keeping things in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, nowadays, you know, a lot of people, they experience a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Then they haven't been diagnosed with mm-hmm. it. Like me, I've been diagnosed with anxiety. Mm-hmm. But I know, like, oh, yeah, I definitely have yeah. anxiety mm-hmm. in the wintertime when I'm driving because I've been into accidents mm-hmm. and I've seen people spinning, mm-hmm. you know, in my life. You yeah. Know? Anything growing up or just being around anything, it can it can True. affect your mental health. Yeah, you know, definitely. it can cause any type of trauma from the littlest mm-hmm. thing, like your job. Your job can mm-hmm. cause trauma. So I think um, in the culture of, uh, of, of African-Americans, I believe, more and more that they're becoming acceptable to get yeah. therapy and getting mm-hmm. help yeah. because I know I have friends who who go to therapy, you mm-hmm. know, and me, I don't think it's anything wrong with it's going not. to therapy because it's okay to talk to someone. Like I don't go to therapy right now. I probably should though. But <laughs> um I should, I should, because it's nothing wrong with talking to somebody. It's right. nothing wrong. It doesn't mean you're crazy because mm-hmm. you you need to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. You just need to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's better to talk to a stranger versus your family member. Right. Your family member might be judgmental. Yeah. Or your family member might talk too much and she might tell the whole family. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So a lot of people, that's why a lot of people, you know, are scared of telling people stuff and sharing stuff because they don't want to be judged right. or they mm-hmm. don't want to their business everywhere. So mm-hmm. I think that going to therapy is better than talking to your friends, you know, or even just, you know, if you believe in God, talk to God, right. you know. Mm-hmm. So I think more people are becoming, you know, more accessible to um, using the tools that they need to use mm-hmm. to, to be a better them. Um, it's a lot of stuff out here these days to help. I know podcasts, you can listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. I know some people use music. Um, I just, I kind of encourage a lot of people now to express themselves. Um, because it's important to express yourself. It's important to be whatever you want to be. Everybody else is doing it. Why right, not? Why can't right. you do it? Um, but you only can be your best. You, yeah, so why not yeah. embrace mm-hmm. yourself? Yeah. Yeah. So as far as mental health being, you know, something that's just growing, 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 like you said, it's always been around, mm-hmm. but it's been kind of tucked away mm-hmm. and hidden. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, oh, just go in the back room right, or, right. oh, oh, don't mind her. Or, you know, mm-hmm. oh, she's arguing with her boyfriend or she's doing stuff in mm-hmm. his car. But later on in life, Oh well, damn! All of this stuff is, you know, it's coming mm-hmm. out now. You know, yep. that that wasn't normal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like now, some of the stuff that I know, like I see girls do now, I look at them. I'm like, damn! I remember I used to do that, or I remember I did that, and it's like, hmm, this probably stemmed from you know childhood, right, right, or this stemmed right. from this boy breaking your heart, mm-hmm, and now mm-hmm. all of a sudden you think everybody's, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. a problem. Like it's just so much going on now, and I think a lot of people are are speaking more about mental health now, though. Right. So. It is becoming more popular. Um, like I said, I've been kind of sitting on a lot of the things that I'm trying to do for a while 
um, pertaining to mental health. Um, so is there anything that you guys have noticed um, that's going on right now in general as far as mental health, like, you know, after COVID or just in general that you feel like it's just on the rise more and yeah, more? Um, I I get a lot of um, liver patients, cirrhosis patients. People have been drinking themselves crazy during mm-hmm. COVID. Um, a lot of suicidal um, mm-hmm. individuals. Um yeah, a lot the the liver patients are oh, and a lot of uh overdoses, drug abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, we get those a lot in the ICU as well too. But I really feel like you know, like we talk about COVID, COVID stemmed a lot of the mental health issues that are going on now. Okay, mm-hmm. and I feel like COVID brought some awareness mm-hmm. to mental um, health, mental health yeah. within the African American community as well, like. People were expressing online all the time mm-hmm. how they mm-hmm. felt about things. Mm-hmm. And and some people were away from their families, too. Yeah. I forgot to mention that. Yep. That kind of mm-hmm. broke a lot of people's families apart, mm-hmm. too, because you didn't do Christmas and stuff yep. for a while. Yep. That was um, tough. Too. That kind of, yeah. like, certain things you probably were used to doing with your family, you didn't really do no more. Yeah. Like, I, that really kind of affected a lot of and, people's families. And then the access to help, because you know how we were, everything was closed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I needed, if I had a behavior person or a therapist that I reach out to, you know, appointments. You couldn't even get, yeah, yeah you couldn't. Everything yeah, was closed. Get, yeah. yeah, and then yeah. the people who, um, to piggyback off what you're saying, the ETOA, or ETOA, just mm-hmm. our term of saying alcoholic, um, they lost jobs. Yeah. So pe- some people lost their jobs due to the pandemic, yep. and that was their only mm-hmm. resource. And um, Oh, yeah. And so you, you, so a lot of our resources were not available because it was no contact. Yep. And if you weren't, if you didn't have like the internet and then you had to, sometimes we had to wait months mm-hmm. for treatment. So I think those people who probably needed it desperately probably weren't able to get help. And so they may have turned to something yeah. else. Something else, other drugs and stuff. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. People have always had mental health issues. Right. Definitely. But after, like you said, during COVID, after COVID, it was on the rise. It was, so it was bad. Because if you remember, Everybody was doing a lot of drinking that summer in 2020. Admit, oh my gosh, like <laughs> that drinking was my coping mechanism mm-hmm. during COVID. And honestly, I didn't realize how much I was drinking mm-hmm. until like that spring came and I was doing my spring cleaning. I'm not even, I wasn't kind of embarrassed. I didn't even want to put <laughs> the thing out there, but I had so many bottles of mm-hmm. alcohol and I was just like putting them in the can. I'm like, in a way, I drank all this <laughs> yeah. by myself. It was drinking and shopping mm-hmm. for me that yes. kind of like helped bring some type of calm to mm-hmm. me. you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I kind of get it, but mm-hmm. it wasn't to a point where like I could control myself with it. Mm-hmm. Some people, because yeah. now, like when I see people, like even at work or just around, like okay, he drinks every day mm-hmm. or all the time. Mm-hmm. It stems from something. Mm-hmm. It stems from something mentally. Mm-hmm. Like even with drugs, it stems from something for you to start using. Mm-hmm. Like my brother, when my father passed, I noticed he would drink a lot more. He was it. It was scaring me mm-hmm. for a while. Like I'm talking big bottles of whatever, and he was just drinking it and. To this day, he still drinks, but it has calmed down. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. when my father first passed, he was drinking so heavy. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, so grief and everything yeah. can can cause you to, you know, mm-hmm. get depressed and start using other things, you know. Mm-hmm. I think, like, growing up, um, and I think they should probably start this soon, they don't teach financial literacy. And they, they don't need teach, to. Oh, and they yeah. definitely don't teach anything about mental health growing mm-hmm. up. 
And of course, once you reach that certain age, you're like, well, what the hell? It's like, right, right. You're dealing with all this and you're going yeah. through all this. You've been through all this life. That They don't teach you about grief and how to deal with life, how to get older, mm-hmm. you know, as you're growing up. So, like I said, I think mental health is going to become more important. Mm-hmm. I think, so, especially with nurses, I feel like it's going to be a lot of PTSD diagnoses oh, from, yeah. um, in the future from COVID. Like I we, agree. it's like we dealt with it, and now it's kind of like, all right, it's behind us. Keep going forward, and it's like, no, we need to You're take a step back up. and mm-hmm. like deal with what we went through. What we went through was not normal. Seeing yeah. that much death. Did they give counseling or anything? Or they offered, offered it, but it something? wasn't like they should have been more active with mm-hmm. it. They offered it, but it wasn't to a point. It, I just feel like they should have been more active on site with it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that was a lot, lot of death. I, yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. a, that was definitely a lot. So being mm-hmm. in healthcare is very, very essential, and of course, mentally, it's it's kind of draining mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. You know. As highs and as lows. Um, but yeah, so I do want to thank you guys for coming on the show. Thank you for having um, me. I wish you guys so much more success in your thank careers you. and to continue to elevate. Um, where can we reach you if you want to reach you? Um, you can reach me on Instagram. I am uh, Nurse Veve underscore. That's B-A-E, B-A-E. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. And you can reach me on Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> yes. Okay. And I'm just under my name, Deanna Freeman. All Thomas. right. Well, that concludes mm-hmm. today's show. Um, I will be uploading this in a couple weeks. Um, you can catch me on Instagram as Zakaya Kaylani. That's Z-A-I-K-H-A-K-A-Y-O-O-N-I on Instagram and on Twitter, Fendi underscore two clutch.